0: Hello everybody, happy Tuesday. I'm so excited for our episode today. We talk about one of my favorite subjects and it used to not be a favorite subject of mine at all. I actually found it quite boring until I took Montessori training. Um, We're talking all about geometry and how it's done in the Montessori classroom. We decided to talk about geometry for a few reasons. Um, number one reason is because the way geometry is done in the Montessori classroom is just absolutely amazing and unlike anything I've really ever seen before. And the other really big reason we wanted to talk about it is because geometry is really adaptable with virtual learning and at home, for homeschool learning. Geometry is everywhere. Um, all you really need is a ruler, a yardstick, pencil, some graph paper. Um, you can do a lot with it. Um, so it's, it's really doable at home. And we, when we talk through all of that, um, I wanted to say a few things before we get going. Um, I don't know if you know, but we have a Patreon now, so you can go over to patreon.com and you can become a patron of us today if if you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So Patreon is just a way for, listeners of podcasts or supporters of artists can um, support the art that they love um, with getting something back. So that could be extra content. It could be a consulting session, you know, any of those sorts of things. Um, And it's a great, it's a great thing. So go ahead and check that out. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and check out our website, allthingsmontessoripodcast.com. Yep. And as always, shoot us an email or DM us on Instagram. If you have any questions we're really ramping up for the school year and um I want us all to be in this together. It is uncharted territory and we're gonna we're gonna get through it together, whether you're going back into the classroom, whether you are homeschooling, whether you're an administrator, or if you're doing virtual learning, we're all over the place. So we all need to support each other and all things Montessori. Jamie and I, we are really here for you all. Um, so as always, thanks for listening and enjoy this episode all about geometry. Hey, Jamie. How's it going? Pretty good.
1: How's it going for you?
0: It's going great. Um, let's see. I feel like we always talk about the weather, so I'm not going to talk about the weather. Um, I'm great. Um you know, drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. My dog is fully healed. I was listening to an old episode the other day and I was talking about when he was all hurt and everything and he's fine now. He just has an ear. He has a double ear infection. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Apparently dogs that get into water constantly get ear. It's like swimmer's ear, you know, the same thing. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's what's going on here. What's going on in your world?
1: We're all we're all healthy in our world and um we're getting a little space because the girls are house sitting for some friends. So it's like our it's like our staycation this yeah. summer with a little bit of uh space after all these months together all the time. So that's been that's been a nice change of
0: pace. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm sure it's been good for the girls too to get a little independence. You know, yeah, to
1: not just have us around because we are like literally around all the time more than we yeah all the more time. than we normally right. are. So,
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking the other day. I was just like, this is so normal now. I know it's so normal that I don't go anywhere. That all I really do is see my husband and my dog. I know, and like that's just what happened. You know, it's weird. We're
1: all gonna have like serious, sort of issues um, going back to mm-hmm. like our our normal, busy, highly interactive lives. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. we've it's been so long now. Because what has it been like? Almost five months. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. Like I I look at my calendar. And it's just empty. I mean, I social things. I have work and stuff on it, but it's uh, social events. Like, I don't even, like, what are those? I don't even know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Like, what? <laughs> it's the whole,
1: it's, yeah, we've kind of settled into it. I, yeah, it's interesting. But.
0: I know. And and like the whole mask wearing thing, that's just so normal mm-hmm. now. That used to feel so weird, but now it's just, it's so normal. Yeah. Oh, you man, just it.
1: always have one with you and you always plan mm-hmm. it, you know? I mean, it's just, yep.
0: I bought, th- speaking of that, before we get into today's episode, I bought the cutest mask yesterday. It is a Harry Potter mask and it has snitch on it and it says Quidditch and it's so cute. I'm going to, maybe I'll put a picture on our Instagram because it's the cutest mask ever. <laughs> I got it at this farmer's market. This woman locally makes them and oh, it's so cute. That's so funny. But yeah, I never thought I'd be saying a mask. I would never, I don't know, that. That just wouldn't have existed a year ago. Mm -hmm. Me, Mm -hmm. you know. You
1: sharing your mask fashion with
0: (laughs) mm -hmm. me. That's right. I know. It's so weird. Anyway, um, aside from the weirdness, we're going to talk about something, a subject area in the Montessori Elementary classroom that is so beautiful and just pretty wonderful. Um, We're going to talk about geometry. me personally when i saw that geometry was um you know a section of my training i just thought oh my gosh geometry is so boring cuz i just remember geometry from my own schooling like in high school yeah
1: yeah i mean this I, me too i felt i felt the same way i i found geometry in high school to be super boring really focused mm-hmm. on like the textbook and proofs having to prove this yep. and prove that yes. and it didn't it you know it didn't seem anything it didn't seem alive at all just these um these boring uh books and and writing out proofs
0: mm-hmm. I re- yeah I remember that too I mean I have vivid memories of just worksheets and a projector and just the shapes on paper hmm I didn't have any context to really what geometry was. Right. Um, And one really cool thing that Montessori did for me in geometry is it it made me see the world geometrically. Yeah. Because the world is just a big bunch of geometry, (laughs) you know?
1: Yep. Yep. That was, I think, that was especially for elementary children. Like, Montessori realized, like, we're not, we're not, like trying to systematically study geometry or push them through a systematic study, but we're help preparing their minds, you know, we're helping to prepare their minds for a systematic study later. And part of that is for them to be able to see the geometry in the world all around them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, geometry starts very young. I mean, geometry starts in the primary classroom. Um, -hmm. not as, you know, as detailed as we go into in the elementary, but, you know, those children are, are using, um, what do you call that material? I can't remember. I know it's the different triangles. What is the name for it?
1: Oh, the, the detective adjective game That's not. or the geometry cabinet. Yeah, I guess the
0: geometry cabinet and then, um, just all the different triangles that they use. I mean, I guess it's like the triangular box. They have that in their classroom, right? Mm-hmm. that's what they I'm talking do, about.
1: Yeah. Yep. They have constructive triangles there. Yeah. But listen to all the things I'm saying as I'm trying to guess what you're thinking of. I know. <laughs> they, they, Because there's a lot of work with geometric shapes and solids in the primary, but it's primary, you know, they really focus on helping them uh, have the language. So they're honing the The eye to be able to visually discriminate between these different types of shapes um, and then also know the names of these different shapes. So not just circle, square, triangle, but uh, different kinds of triangles, you know, right angled isosceles triangle Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're going to learn all that language at a time when their minds can really absorb it. Um, they're going to fold their napkins into different geometric shapes. <laughs> it's they're, amazing. they're going to, you know, cut, uh, you know, cut a, a carrot. If you cut it sort of straight on, you're going to get circles. If you cut it at an angle, you'll get an ellipse. Like all of those kinds of experiences to help the children just see the geometry all around them, uh, will happen, will happen in the primary environment. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I know it's one of the materials that I used to hear. You know, teachers would sort of not complain, but oh, they're doing it again. Is the metal insets, which is you know, it's not really introduced until later in primary, I think, because they need the control Mm -hmm. of the hand. Um, But Mm -hmm. basically, it's it's introducing the concept of geometric design, um, and it's helping them, you know, with that finger finger strength and holding the pencil. Um, And I mean, some of those designs that those children make are downright stunning. They're beautiful. They're perfect. They're very, um, very precise.
1: Well, and that's really where they like, um, they develop this clear observation of like geometric shape and they understand the details and, and the care that it takes. And as a result, it's that artistic piece mm-hmm. that is helping to teach geometry. Uh, Montessori talks about that in her book, Psycho Geometry. Psycho meaning the psychologically appropriate approach to geometry for the child's developmental stage. So not not psycho like crazy. Right. But <laughs> psycho <laughs> psycho ge- geometry meaning we're following the child's psychological development and doing ge- geometry appropriate to their to their development. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But she says in that book, you know, that it is artistic creation that really becomes the teacher of geometry when the children get that opportunity to to create with geometric shapes. So that work is really valuable work in the primary, but also in the elementary.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the creativity that comes with the geometric work that the children do is what you know what you were saying earlier about your experience how geometry didn't you know it wasn't alive that's what makes it alive i think in the montessori mm-hmm. environment because they're being so creative and manipulating shapes and making these designs and what's that what that's doing to their brain i mean this is what it did for me i just began to see the similarities and you know all the different ways that shapes, you know, are all around us. And um, it helps with seeing similar shapes, you know, with equivalent shapes, it helps with all of that. But to the six-year-old, seven-year-old child, when they're working with the triangle, triangular box and the small hexagonal box and all of those, maybe they're just moving the shapes around. You know, I had this mm-hmm. child, oh my gosh, he was, he loved that material so so much. It's so much. And it it is amazing. And I was just like, I can't believe he's still working with that, (laughs) you know, but the things he would do with it, the way he would manipulate the shapes and find new equivalencies and new similarities that I hadn't seen before. Um, pretty fantastic. I swear he's going to be like an architect or something Mm -hmm. probably, you know, or some sort of engineer because he was so fascinated by it.
1: Yeah. You know, we show on the course a few things you can do with the constructive triangles to show the children equi- you know how to build some equivalent uh, relationships. But it's just like it's just a little beginning. Like those are not the end all. Mm-hmm. and and the children should be exploring with all of those because then they really are. Getting such an extraordinary experience with equivalence and with you know shape and space relationships. It's a, I mean, yeah, they can work on constructive triangles all day long. Um, There's no end, no end to what they can discover there. So especially when they mix all the boxes together.
0: Oh, I know. That's when it gets really fun. (laughs)
1: Yep. Yep. And that exploration is really a key. So all the work we do in geometry. Really starts with some of that sort of hands on exploration, and all of that should be happening kind of or it can happen at the same time. so we don't um we don't need to approach our geometry work in in sort of thinking that there's a particular sequence, especially the mm-hmm. early sensorial work. It can be happening kind of simultaneously. You could introduce polygons with the box of sticks, or you could introduce Mm -hmm. lines, or you could introduce angles, Mm -hmm. or you could do them all kind of uh, parallel. uh, Haha, parallel lines. (laughs) Um, Nice. (laughs) uh, But you don't have to worry about a specific sequence, uh, particularly at that introductory level with the children.
0: No, you really don't. And a lot of the intro is just further manipulation of the material, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's perfect for that younger child. Um, and that's when I find that they're, you know, they're so interested cause they just, you know, when they first enter the classroom or when they're in lower elementary, they just want to touch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, manipulating that material, oh, specifically the box of sticks, there's so much you can do with that one material. Oh my God. It might be one of my favorites, honestly. Um, It was one of the materials that when I first started teaching, if I wanted to look busy, I would just get that out (laughs) (laughs) because I found it so fun. Um, But the children do, too. Um, And, you know, I just want to jump in here just really quickly about, you know, how a lot of us aren't going to be in the classroom or things like that. There are a lot of ways that you can um, that children can do the box of sticks or, you know, use geometric shapes at home. Um, it, you know, you could do paper cutouts of things they could get. Um, you could maybe use like chopsticks or or something there. There's I feel like there's a lot of materials in the home that can be used to create shapes and find those equivalencies. Um, yeah. More so than I think a lot of the math materials. I think geometry is a little bit easier to um, adapt at the home.
1: Totally. And, you know. Because yeah. it's such a part of our, you know, a part of our real life. You know, we can talk That's about right. w- lines and what the different parts of a line are, what a line is. But then we do, even in the classroom, have the children go and find the lines around the classroom. There's yeah. lines everywhere. You know, I'm looking at my right. bookshelf and I can see a line on the edge of the shelf there. You know, I can mm-hmm. see. So, so there's ample opportunity to really help aid children's vocabulary, um, even, even at home, even without the box of sticks, uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of what they need to further support their uh, later work in, you know, in a systematic study later in middle school and high school or whatever, is that they need to have a lot of language about geometry. What is the line? Yeah. What is it? You know, geometry is all about sort of defining things. Mm-hmm. And Elementary children love to do that. They love to debate and reason about definitions. Um, I even remember once in an upper L class that I was uh, at a school where I was working, I wandered in and I, I gathered a little group that didn't seem all that focused and started talking to them (laughs) about, um, I think we were going to asking them to define different polygons or something. Anyway, I it was you know all these older children who you know wrote definitions and then I went to draw exactly what they'd written and I said and it would often maybe not be what they thought they had written you know not what they thought they were Uh divining and so it really Mm -hmm. was we just were I mean giggling uncontrollably at the drawings I made but also really having fun honing their language and vocabulary to to really um fully define whatever geometric concept. And that, that can be really fun work even for older children that already know what a line is and what a ray is or anything like that, but, but to really um, kind of solidify their knowledge as they're, as they're, you know, getting older and getting ready to leave the elementary environment. So there's no end to the sort of fun you can have in geometry with the materials or without the materials, to be honest.
0: I agree and I do think that honing in of that vocabulary is super important because yeah the line lesson is very simplistic to a 10-year-old you know but you 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 probably gave that lesson to them 4 years ago and it's really good to one you can go deeper with it but just to you know check in and make sure that they remember you know what what array is exactly or a segment or all of those sorts of things
1: and then realistically like for my daughter when she took geometry in high school a good chunk of the first quarter was all review of stuff she'd yeah. learned in Montessori. like all like the names of these things, the definitions, and mm-hmm. then uh, the area and volume work that they did, all from a textbook. but it was all a review of stuff she'd done in in Montessori Elementary. Um, so those are. Uh, those are that's really valuable if they've had that, you know, and the way we do areas, not just from a textbook, you know, the children get to manipulate, mm-hmm. they manipulate, um, you know, the yellow grid material, what we call it, um, area material, but you have a triangle that you can manipulate into a rectangle and then derive the formula for area of a triangle from seeing how it relates to a rectangle through that equivalence. And that's a powerful sort of understanding of area far more powerful than mine was, which was mm-hmm. uh, one half base times height. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense right. to me. It's but just what it
0: is. <laughs> I just <Right>. memorized
1: <laughs> the formula and now you can find the area of a triangle. And these children actually have true understanding of the that relationship to the physical space. I think that was the most amazing thing to me and realizing how much geometry connects to actual physical space that I didn't feel like was emphasized in my own my own uh, school experience at all since it was just like Like shapes on a page right
0: absolutely yeah and oh my gosh the area material the yellow grid material what we're talking about that was a mind-blowing thing for me too because I was always just given formulas and for somebody like me I'm a very visual hands-on person so that was just it was it made zero sense to me but I just was like well I guess I have to memorize this and I don't really know why and then but, you know, I think that's why a lot of children as they get older, you know, if they don't have this deep understanding of like, oh, OK, that's what it is because I've visually seen it and I know how it works. That's why you do ask the, Well, why? What it? What is why do I do this? And frankly, a lot of times you don't get an answer. Right. You're like, well, it's just because it's what we're learning. It's like, OK. And I get it. Like it, it's not that's not exactly an easy question to answer if you don't have the visual representation to aid, you know, aid you with that um but when you know the children can manipulate that area of material you know we have a a plate about pythagorean theorem when they can prove that theorem without even knowing what the actual formula is that's a concrete understanding that oh you know and and it's like i don't know i think um i think the more we can do visual learning the more we can have experiences with concepts like that the stronger your understanding is
1: Totally. And
0: it's really fun.
1: <laughs> I remember when they did Pythagoras, the plates on mm-hmm. my course. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if i I, I have a memory of maybe doing it sort of in the middle of lecture or maybe I did it at a break, but I was, my mind was like blown by that. The yeah, idea too. that when we talk about A squared plus B squared equals C squared, it is a, <laughs> It is literally squares, <laughs> actual squares drawn squares. off the legs of a right triangle. So those squares right. off those legs, physical squares, equal the square built on the hypotenuse of that same triangle. I never knew that it was actual squares that it built. I just memorized A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And, right. And that... I mean, that was one of those mind-blowing moments in my original training. But I think that's something that, of course, the children that we give this to, they just take it. I mean, they're just, this is just how they're we like, do oh, it. Oh,
0: great. Yeah. Right. Of course. They're like, this is great. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, just that the, I mean, I knew what an exponent was. I knew mm-hmm. that it was a number two and I knew it was called that minute was going to be squared. Never would have thought it was an actual square. Right. Literally never. And then I, I, when I realized that, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> What? This is so cool, you know? Um, but you know, there are moments like that all over the Montessori experience, right? There are moments yeah. like that all over it that are just it is almost so painfully obvious, you know, when you see that square. It's like, "Oh my god, that's so literal." Yeah. But you know, I never had that shown to me before. Um, you know, that's the beauty that is the genius of Montessori, I think. She really thought through, okay, I'm gonna break down these concepts that are really abstract and I'm gonna show them visually. And I think that is just it is magnificent um, because it really sticks with you and your brain, you know, especially a young child, um, when you visually see something, you know, it makes all the sense in the world. And then what's even cooler about geometry is they're, you know, they they have this experience where they're they're working with the concrete materials. But then as they work with them, we're not giving them the formula. They discover the formula themselves as they're doing it. And there's so much of that in the math materials as well, where like they discover it. So it's like they have ownership over it. Yep. Um, So
1: we're going to. How cool is that? Like they're going to get experience (laughs) taking those pieces of those squares and manipulating them and seeing that they're equal to the other square, all of that. And then we're just going to help elicit from them the sort mm-hmm. of rule that they're seeing and and then the formula and that is yeah that's super powerful that's knowledge that they really and truly own um that they can that they can really understand that which is why our job in the geometry work with the children is to really be sure they get a lot of that experience with manipulation and with um exploration with all these materials and then that we help them discover the definitions themselves. We help them discover the formula themselves. You know, we, our goal is to, that that emerges from their experience, not from us telling them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember as a teacher, um, when I was in the classroom feeling like, really like I wanted to tell them (laughs) because I wanted to make sure that they got it. Uh Um, and I'm sure I I I'm sure I maybe elicited a little bit too much. So they, you know, because I was just I was just nervous that they weren't gonna get it. Um, but it's really important to really just sort of step back um because as they continue working with it, they're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so much cooler when they have that aha aha moment that that you know, that beautiful elementary child, their eyes get really wide and they're like, oh, Oh, (laughs) it's so fun.
1: Yep, it's It's incredible. And like before they do the area work, we have all this practice and exploration with equivalents that they get to do. So not just with the constructive triangles, but also with the Pythagoras plates and also with other, um, the iron material, the other sort of uh, metal plates that we have where we've got trapezoids and parallelograms and uh, pentagons and all sorts of different shapes that have been um, divided into pieces so that you can build equivalencies with rectangles and things to help get the Mm -hmm. children get their hands on how these shapes can be manipulated. And, of course, all of our our area formulas are derived from area of a rectangle, you know, because that's so easy, base times height. So if we can convert any shape to a rectangle, we can then... Um, come up with a formula for it based on what parts of that original shape are making up the rectangle. But before we get anywhere close to that formula with the children, we just give them lots of experience making equivalent shapes. And that Mm -hmm. shouldn't be rushed and shouldn't be, you know, just let the children do a ton of that, a ton of design work with that, a ton of tracing of these things and making beautiful Um, pictures and other sorts of, um, you know, I mean, any number of things with it that they can have this work with equivalence, because that lays the foundation for them being able to pretty quickly understand area at that point.
0: And I think, you know, I think all this work with equivalence, congruence, similarity, I think that's that's really doable at home right now Um, for teachers who are kind of looking for those those sorts of lessons that are going to translate well virtually. Um, I, I think that's, that's a great place to start because it can add to follow-up work. You know, they can make an equivalent shapes, you know, notebook or something, or they can find all the equivalent shapes in their house, or they can measure to, you know, to find all the shapes that are similar in their kitchen or things like that. I think it can keep them busy for a bit, which is good for parents and teachers right now, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Yep, totally.
0: And then for the older ones, you can have them finding the area or the perimeter of things in their home, right? Too. You yeah. know that that's super easy. Get a tape measure, um,
1: a yardstick, mm-hmm. and have them measure. Yep. I mean, they love to do that in the classroom too, and so oh, yeah. of course they'll they'll do it at home. And and depending on the age of the children, <clears throat> depending on the age of the children, have them. You know, have them find, I'm looking around the room I'm in right now, and you could find the area of the big, huge rectangle that exists, but then you'd need to subtract the area that's taken out by the closet and the stairway. And, you know, like, Mm, add mm -hmm. some complexity, not just... um, Not just if it's a, you know, if there's these things that take out space, have them have them find the area of those and subtract and then find the area of the usable space that they're in. I mean, you can, you know, you can do all sorts of more challenging exercises on area that that can be really fun. And if you're doing any home repair or remodeling or recarpeting, it's a very useful thing to know.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That is so right. Um, I also think volume, if you're there with some of your older children, that definitely is another thing that can be work at home, Mm -hmm. um, for sure. Um, and I know the volume material that we have in the classroom is lovely and amazing, but you know, you can, they can find similar things at home and, and find the volume of those. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you need your parents to get some sand or, or some, some things like that, um, Flour. I think that's pretty doable. Flour. Yeah, flour. I mean, you can do yeah. a lot
1: of volume with baking work, too. Yeah. With measuring mm-hmm. cups and um, different types. There's all sorts of types of measuring cups you can order now of different shapes. And there's mm-hmm. some decent, like, plastic volume material that's pretty inexpensive. If you know, Oh, yeah. But ultimately, for children, by the time they've to volume, you know, the materials become less of a material for exploration and more Mm -hmm. of a sort of ticket to the formula to a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not going to explore it in quite the same way, but it is relating Mm -hmm. to their exploration of equivalence and, and area. And then just adding that other dimension to it. Um, Aside from the beginning exercises with the with the cubes that is more of a sensorial exploration where they're building um yeah. out of cubes, which is totally possible to do at home if you have um any cube shaped blocks or the cube shaped Legos. Um oh yeah children could explore it they just you have to have it all be the exact you know it has to be a cube. Same size, right. The measure. Exactly. But I think those um there's some Legos that are pretty close to a cube shape, and you could um you could use those as your unit of measure for volume and build shapes out of those yeah. um there must be other toys, but I'm so <laughs> distant I
0: them. know oh
1: you could use like you could use sugar cubes, oh, yeah, um
0: sugar cubes you could
1: I'm just trying to think of household things you could do to to have that sensorial exploration with volume where they're gonna build shapes, build you know geometric figure mm-hmm. you know um solids Mm -hmm. and see, you know, you can find equivalent, see the different things you can build with the same amount of cubes or that sort Mm -hmm. of thing that does give a real sensorial experience. And you can really focus on those three dimensions that you're working with when you're looking to find volume. So that can be something you could do at home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I, sure I think
1: other people are thinking of actual of, I know, I'm like, cubes. I
0: can literally only think of <laughs> Legos right now. I don't know why. It's like all I have in my head. I'm like, uh. <laughs> anyway, if you think of any cubes, please email us so we can know which ones to to use. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, but you know, I think, you know, what we're saying is, Geometry is super fun in the Montessori classroom, and it's beautiful, and it really opens your eyes. I mean, even as I'm talking about geometry right now, I'm looking at my window, and I'm just looking at all the geometric shapes I see outside. And Mm -hmm. that's what happens with the children when you open their eyes to this amazing – and there's also – there's so many geometric shapes in nature. Oh, my God. It is Full of geometry. Yeah. And that's something they and can explore too, right? Art. Like you can encourage them to go outside. Yes, art, art and music.
1: Yep. So I think all of that can be a place to really focus, both in the classroom and outside of the mm-hmm. outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking too another thing to have at home are different tangram puzzles. Those can be great if people have those um, for working with equivalents and shapes like this and really Mm -hmm. honing that. So Mm -hmm. no end to kind of how you can um, how you can bring this alive at home, you know, in a similar way to we that we do in the classroom. But you don't have to necessarily have an entire geometry, Montessori geometry uh, material set to do that
0: no you really don't at all you know i mean montessori it, i think i'm biased because i'm a montessorian but i think it's i think it's really doable in the home i think it, you know it's it's not it's not ideal because what we want is the children and the community and in the montessori environment of course but i do think it is adaptable to the home environment right now yep. um, totally you know and it's just it just it, you got to think a little bit outside of the box um you know and and see what'll work but you don't need all the all the materials as as beautiful and amazing as they are um we can we can get by with with not having them for you know for the rest of pandemic 2020 covid whatever
1: right <laughs> whatever yeah. it is and until they until they can get back in the classroom i think yeah we yes. can totally we can totally still explore a lot of these ideas and and it does Absolutely. really lay the groundwork for children's future work in geometry mm-hmm. without having to sort of systematically like drill them on these things right now. We just right. allow them to right. explore, we offer them the bits of information they need, the the names, the definitions, we help them really own those and discover them and and come to them through their own experience and that really sticks with them. I've, I mean, I've seen that with my own children, but I've also heard it from, um, past students, how useful it was to have that experience throughout geometry. Mm.
0: So how cool. yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, we hope this inspired you to do some geometry. Um, and yeah, hang in there, everybody. Um, Maybe read your geometry album to like yeah. feel fun and inspired. Or <laughs> no. even better, probably
1: read Montessori's book, Psychogeometry. It came out mm, maybe uh-huh. I guess probably ten years ago now. But when it came out, yeah. it was pretty life altering for me a lot of what she wrote because there's not just stuff about geometry in there but a lot of really practical things about how we work with children to get them to to really engage in in work generally and it's it was it's a really it's a really useful read and there's gorgeous illustrations of uh, work with materials and it's not the kind you have to read straight through I mean you can pick up and do little bits at a time right
0: so right right Awesome. I actually haven't read it. It's on my bookshelf. I guess I'm going to read it now. I'm inspired. You
1: should. Yeah, it's super. It's a great book. Awesome. All right. Have fun with geometry.